belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. Greetings, I'm Will Tompkins, and this is the Narrow Way Podcast. This series of episodes is our study of John Bunyan's timeless book, The Pilgrim's Progress, Part 2, Christiana's Story. Links to our source text will be found in the description field of each episode in this series. Power and strength to the Lord. When the power of darkness comes in like a flood, the battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a stand. In this Pilgrim's Progress Part 2 episode, we'll be discussing the lions, Giant Grimm, and the House Beautiful. But first, a moment of prayer. We feel your presence here with us, Father God. Prepare us now for the spiritual lessons that follow. As we face fear, turn our eyes to Jesus. As we endure persecution, remind us of your promises. And when you present us with instruction, grant us, O Father, the wisdom to understand and the courage to act. All glory and honor to you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let us join our band of pilgrims as they finish their refreshment at the arbor. As they proceed along their journey, Christiana remembers she left behind the bottle of spirits given to her by the interpreter, so she sent back one of her boys to get it. Mercy, remembering that Christian forgot his scroll at this very same place, remarks that this must be a losing place. That is, a place where pilgrims lose things. She asks Greatheart, what is the cause of this? What's his response? Well, the cause, he says, is sleep or forgetfulness. That as Christians, we often sleep when we should keep awake or forget when we should remember, which is the reason why, at resting places, we often end up being losers. The point is, loved ones, we must be ever vigilant, ever watchful, ever mindful, and ever grateful for what we already received, else clouds of darkness will surely overtake us and turn our joy into tears. In other words, if we live a life of seeking must-haves at the expense of acknowledging the grateful-to-haves, then it can only end in dark emptiness. Why? Because working furiously in this world for what we mistakenly believe to be must-haves is, in the eyes of God, nothing more than idleness, a state of inactivity, as is all time not spent working in his vineyards. Amplifying this point, our text refers to Eve, who having received many privileges from God, was taken in by Satan's lies and fell asleep at the wheel, thus losing what she had. As Bunyan writes, when people dally with the devil and sit too near their outward advantages, they fall into temptation. 
Now when they come to the place where Christian encountered mistrust and timorous, the two gospel cheats who tried to turn him away because of fear, fear of the lions that were just ahead, they saw a stage, and on that stage, on the side near the road, was a plaque warning each passerby of the dangers of timorousness and mistrust. And on that stage, those two evildoers had had their tongues burned through with a hot iron for trying to turn Christian away. What shall be given unto thee, writes the psalmist in 123 and 4, and what shall be done more unto thee, thou deceitful tongue, sharp arrows of the mighty, with coals of juniper. And when they had traveled a bit further, they came upon the lions. Now at the sight of the lions, Christiana's boys, who had run to be in the front, fell back with fear, prompting Greatheart to say, How now, my boys, do you love to go before, when no danger doth approach, and love to come behind so soon as the lions appear? O oh, loved ones, let us not fall behind and hide when danger appears. Rather, let us turn our eyes toward Jesus. Amen. Greatheart, a strong and brave man, drew his sword to make a path for his group of pilgrims. But just as he did, who appears but none other than Giant Grim, also known as Bloody Man. And why is he called Bloody Man? because he has slayed many pilgrims. Commentators who have speculated on this write that Grimm and his pilgrim slaying represent persecution from the government and the government-anointed church towards the evangelical churches not authorized by the authorities. But in the end, they point out, the ministers of Christ wielding the sword of the Spirit, Greatheart being one of them, overcome the persecutory enemies. But as Greatheart attempts to proceed, the giant, claiming that he will back the lions, blocks their passage, proclaiming in no uncertain terms that all pilgrims will most assuredly be denied. Indeed, Bunyan tells us that the path has been so little used of late that it's overgrown with grass. Now Christiana forcefully declares that though little used in the past, it must not be so now, for as she quotes from the book of Judges, I am risen a mother in Israel. Here's a full verse. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose arose a mother in Israel. Let me pause here to commend to you, loved ones, the story of Deborah in the book of Judges. When Deborah spoke, people listened as they now listen to our Christiana. And with that, Greatheart pushes forward, saying that this is the king's highway, and this band of women and children, though weak, will hold their own past the lions. Then he raises his sword and brings the giant to his knees, and with the very next blow, he cuts off his arm, leaving him screaming and writhing in pain. And then a moment later, he lies dead on the ground. 
With the giant grim out of the way, Greatheart says to his pilgrims, Follow me. The lions will not hurt you. And so they followed him. But they trembled as they passed the angry beast. Listen, loved ones, when we're overtaken with fear, let us remember to quiet our hearts and listen for God's words. For the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Psalm 145.18 So put on the full armor of God and then fight the good fight. For it is a far better thing to die fighting the good fight than to die in our sins. Now just a bit further down the road, they catch sight of the porter's lodge. That's the entrance to the house beautiful. And when they arrived at the lodge, great heart knocked. And when the porter asked, who's there? He answered, it is I, for the porter would know his voice. Now as the porter approaches the gate, not yet seeing the pilgrims, he asks Greatheart what brings him to the lodge so late in the evening. Greatheart answers that he's brought some pilgrims, whereby his Lord's commandment they must lodge. And as for his late arrival, it would have been much sooner, he says, had it not been for the battle with the giant Grimm. The porter now encourages him to stay the night, but Greatheart answers, No, no, I will return to my Lord tonight. And at that, Christiana and Mercy and James all beseech Greatheart to continue on the journey with them, fearful of what would happen to them in his absence. Well, Greatheart tells him that if it be his Lord's commandment, he will most certainly accompany them as their guide through to the end of their pilgrimage. But Greatheart does point out to them that they had first failed in not begging the interpreter for his company through to the end, for surely he would have granted such a request. Are we asking for the things we need, loved ones? And so, at least for now, Greatheart says goodbye. I must withdraw, he says. And so, good Christiana, mercy, and my brave children, goodbye. All eyes are on the pilgrims now, as the porter, a Mr. Watchful, asks Christiana about her country and family. And it is here that Christiana makes herself known as a widow from the city of destruction. She tells of her husband, Christian, the pilgrim. And at this, the porter is a bit astonished, knowing that she had refused to come on pilgrimage. She adds, yes, and these are his children. And referring to Mercy, she says, and this is my friend, one of the townswomen. Now the porter rang for the damsel, humble mind, and said, go tell everyone that Christiana, the wife of Christian and her children, are on pilgrimage and have arrived here. And with that announcement, there was such a joyful noise coming from inside the house that Christiana and all the others outside at the gate could hear them. Then some from the inside came out and said, Come in, Christiana, come in. Thou wife of that good man, come in. Thou blessed woman, come in. With all that are with thee. Once inside they said, Welcome, ye vessels of the grace of God. Welcome to us, your friends. With this welcome comes a rekindling of Christian's love. And what a spiritual lesson this is, isn't it, loved ones? Well, let us be ever mindful of what we leave behind. 
And may we also learn from this welcome how we should greet others on the pilgrimage with love and excitement in our hearts. After enjoying supper with their host, and as the hour was late, they asked if they might now rest, and Christiana asked if they could be in the same chamber that was her husband's, and so they were. Now as Christiana and Mercy were marveling at all that had transpired, they heard a noise, a joyful noise, music in the house, music in the heart, music also in heaven, all for the joy that we are here, they said. Of this, Mason writes, Oh, what precious harmony is this! How joyful to be the subjects of it and to join in it! The free, sovereign grace of God is the delightful theme and glory to God in the highest. The universal chorus, it is the wonder and joy of sinners on earth and of angels in heaven. Now during that first night, Mercy had a dream, a dream in which she sat all alone, grieving over the hardness of her heart, a dream in which some called her a fool, while others laughed at her and pushed her about. When she looked up, she saw a man with wings coming to her. He asked what was wrong, and when she told him, he said, Peace be to thee. He wiped her eyes and clothed her in silver and gold, even a crown. And then he said, Come with me. And he took her to a golden gate. And when he knocked, it was opened. And she followed him through the opened gate and up to a throne. And the one on the throne said to her, Welcome, daughter. It was there in that dream that Mercy thought she saw Christiana's husband, Christian, this was God himself speaking to her during that dream, and he will speak to you. Are you listening, loved ones? As one commentator wrote, what leads to God must come from God. In other words, if the dream leads to God, then it must have come from God. How blessed are we that he would visit us. Praise him. Now the next morning, the maidens asked our pilgrims if they could be persuaded to stay for a while. They accepted, and according to our text, stayed about a month or more. And during this time, Prudence would see how Christiana had raised her boys in the ways of the Lord. And as you might have expected, she had done very well, very well indeed. And at the end, Prudence tells the boys, you must still hearken to your mother for she can learn you more. You must also diligently give ear to what good talk you shall hear from others, for it is for your sakes that they speak good things. Observe also, she said, and that with carefulness, what the heavens and the earth do teach you. But especially be much in the meditation of that book that was the cause of your father's becoming a pilgrim. I, for my part, children, will teach you what I can while you are here, and shall be glad if you will ask me questions that tend to godly edifying. Here, loved ones, I can speak for no one but myself, but I so often have wished that such teaching was given to me at that age. And even more important, I wish I had been able to give such teaching to my own children. But sadly, that was not the case. It is a hard reminder, loved ones, that in the blink of an eye they are grown, 
and outside that tight circle of influence you once had, and then you've lost the chance to teach them, as Scripture has admonished us to do. Let us pray. O Father God, glory and honor to you. We come before you with these requests. May the truth of your living word penetrate the hardness of our hearts and order our lives. May the truth of your word encourage us to work in your fields, knowing that the time spent seeking things in this world is but idleness to you. And may we also, Father, become vessels of your grace and mercy. Amen. Well, in our next lesson, we'll cover Mr. Brisk, Matthew's sickness and the remedy, as well as the sights shown the pilgrims. Now, until then, loved ones, may the Comforter be with you always to guide you in the way that leads to the city. Mm -hmm.